Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Passion Project, the podcast about passionate people and the things that drive them. I'm your host, Taylor Reed. Welcome, welcome to another Friday episode, you guys. We have made it to Friday. If this has been a long week for you, yeah, you made it to the end, to the finish line, to the rest uh, for the couple of days to redo it all over again. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before. I was thinking about this as I started um, hitting the record button, <clears throat> and I probably have. So excuse me if I've said this before, but I'm pretty sure Tuesday is my least favorite day of the week. You know, I feel like Monday, you're on that high, you're uh, from the weekend still, you're like, this is the first day of the week, let's go get them. Wednesday, you're like, this is hump day, we're almost to the weekend. Thursday, it's one more day till the weekend, you're looking for, and then Friday, look, we're already there. Tuesday, you get there, and you're like, okay, the weekend was just here, so we're so close to it, but then also, the one coming up, it's still four days away, it's so far away. Anyway, that's just my, you know, little rant about Tuesdays. Currently, I'm recording this on uh, this intro on a Thursday. So, you know, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for the weekend, man. I'm ready for relaxation and um, looking forward to um, getting some sun, you know, you know, sun's out. Um, <laughs> well, uh, thank you for joining us here again on episode uh, 54 of Passion Project. You guys, 54. Can you believe it? We made it to uh, 54. I think I'll say that every episode. Like, we made it to this episode. Still in shock and in awe um, that we've, you know, I've, I've been able to keep this show running as much as it can. So it's really uh, thanks to you guys who keep listening each week. Um, if you are tuning in with us for the first time, welcome to the show. I appreciate you joining in on this little project that I have going on, um, Passion Project. Um, if you are tuning in for the first time, if you enjoyed the show, share it with all your friends and family, um, share it with anyone you know on social media, um, and go back and to listen to some old episodes, listen to some people you may be interested in, a field you may be interested in, um, anything, uh, and support all of, uh, all the people that have been on the show and support the show. Um, we'd love um, also to hear from you guys if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Um, leave us a star rating and a review down below. I don't know really what that does to the algorithm, but apparently it matters. So if you guys do that, it would be greatly appreciated. And um, we would also love to hear your comments, concerns, and praises and you know, all of those wonderful things. So if you don't know uh, already, if you are, you know, somehow getting four, 54 episodes in and you don't know this, but we also have a website uh, as well as some social media stuff down below. Our website is passionprojectpod.org. Uh, something exciting that we're just starting uh, to do now is we have a support the show section on the website. If you guys want to contribute um, to making the show better, if you want to contribute to um, making the show keep going, keep lasting um, through all the busyness of life and craziness, then you can support us here at Passion Project, support um, me producing the show. Um, it would be greatly appreciated. And if you, you know, if you totally can, I understand these times are rough and crazy and COVID is insane. But, um, you know, if you're here, I'm going to 
be listening and supporting the show. I appreciate that if you're here listening and just wanting to get some free entertainment. I also understand that. So I do that a lot of the times with my shows. So I uh, appreciate you either way, but wanted to let you guys know we have that new section on the website. I'll provide links down below so you guys can check those out if you want to give to the show. Like I said, we have social media, passionproject.pod. Go ahead and follow us. Go ahead and share the episode. All these things if you enjoyed this episode. I think I've talked long enough about all those wonderful kind of housekeeping things that are so fun. This week on Passion Project, we have such a wonderful guest. When I reached out to her, to we tried to set this up for Teacher Appreciation Month, and it just didn't work out with either of our schedules to kind of set up a time. So I'm just excited that we're able to get her on the show in general. Um, we have Courtney Grant on this episode, you guys. She is just such a lovely human being, and um, not knowing her before. Beforehand, it was so fun to learn all about her backstory and why she became an educator. We also get into her new endeavor starting in the fall with um, a school in the greater Richmond, Virginia area called Imago Day Neighborhood Schools. If you're interested in learning more about this school, uh, I'll provide a link below in the show notes. You guys, it's just an incredible endeavor, and I'm excited to see um, where that goes in the future and kind of keep up with them as well. So, without further ado here is episode 54 with Courtney Grant on Passion Project. So it's been really really fun and um, I'm very appreciative that you're you took the time out of your I'm sure busy life. I mean I think you're a mom of two right? Mom of two, um, but I, I've got to stop you there. I want to thank you because this <laughs> this is very humbling and I, I truly am very excited. Um, I love having the opportunity to, to share my experiences. So thank you, Taylor. Yeah, of course. Um, well, for those that don't know, uh, we I kind of found out about you through, we were talking a little bit before through our mutual friend, Alana, um, who, if you know, if you haven't already, go listen to that episode. You know, after you finish this one, go and listen to that one. Go um, listen because, to it. I agree. <laughs> cause, yeah, because Alana Smith is an incredible human, and um, I was so lucky to have her on the show. And I know, uh, well, I, I'm sure we'll talk about Imago Day um, in this Absolutely. interview, but um, through her involvement with that school, I kind of found out about some of the teachers there you included and I thought you know what I I'm, I really love this idea of the school so I thought I should have someone that to represent the school so here you are <laughs> um, yes <laughs> yes and that's how we came to be here um but yeah so uh, uh, you know in the structure of the show I like to kind of get kind of where people come from and like your background and everything of course not knowing you I don't really know kind of your history and stuff but tell me like where you grew up tell me all the things like uh, what what was your kind of what's your like kind of background Absolutely. So that question used to be very intimidating to me because <laughs> I feel at one point in life, really, I felt like a homeless child. So mm -hmm. um, just my dad was in corporate America. So we moved with the job when he got promotions, when headquarters moved. So I was born in North Carolina and we, I was born in Greenville, North Carolina on the coast. Then we moved mm -hmm. to Rocky Mount. Mm -hmm. I did kindergarten there. And then we moved to Indiana. 
So Midwestern girl, here, here I come, moved to Indiana and I was there for elementary school and middle school. And then we move again. (laughs) So I moved to um, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, a suburb of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, went there, lived there um, during my uh, middle school years and part of high school. And then devastatingly, my dad tells me the end of my junior year, he says, we're moving. So I'm literally going into my senior year knowing that I'm going to not have a friend in the world (laughs) and I'm going to Tulsa, Oklahoma of all the places, Tulsa, Oklahoma. (laughs) Mm. So, um, but I will tell you moving to Tulsa, Oklahoma and every place that we went, there was something beautiful, something that we loved. Um, But going to Tulsa, Oklahoma really was a pivotal point for me, just in my learning about being um, honestly, being an African-American woman, I'd always right. been the, like one of maybe three African-Americans in my school, elementary, middle, mm-hmm. high school. Um, I'm the oldest of three. So that other person was my sister and then my brother. Um, and so this was a magnet school at um, Booker T. Washington Elementary School. And we pulled, there were just I mean, every race you could think of. And it was Mm. just eye-opening. And Mm. I loved it, Taylor. I went kicking and screaming, but (laughs) I loved Booker T. Washington High School. It just was an experience that I'd never had. And um, yeah, it was, it was great. So well, automatically with that, the name, automatically with the name, you have to like, you're, you're, if you didn't know who Booker T. Washington was, you automatically know, oh, there's like some history here of of figuring out who that is. Right. Absolutely. I'm like, I better make sure I know him (laughs) and know his significance to, you know, our history. Absolutely. Yeah, I bet you there's a lot of people that don't know. And I only know who that is because of a musical called Ragtime. I'm not sure if you know that show. Uh, uh-huh. um, but he's a figure in that musical because um, they pull from history and stuff. And um, mm-hmm. so that's even the reason why. I don't even know it from like education. I just know it from <laughs> from musicals, yeah. which is funny. I love um, that though. Oh well, that's gosh. interesting. To, well, tell me what your dad did that you like. You got You said corporate America, but what, I mean... I feel like whenever I hear about people moving, it's either like military kids or a lot, or even missionary kids sometimes, of course, move a lot um, if you're in the Christian circle. But like what? Yeah. What did he do? Like, and obviously each move did affect you. Maybe even the one your senior year affected you most is what you were kind of saying. Absolutely. So yeah, everyone always just assumes they're like, you must be a military brat. I'm like, I'm <laughs> yeah. actually not. So again, my dad, he, he's been a part of some really, really big companies. Um, we, I just, I have to say our family has been so, so blessed to be able to um, travel the country and travel the world. That's really honestly um, a key factor that I truly believe has shaped me as, as an adult and has allowed me um, to really easily establish rapport with people and easily connect with people. I'm um, just all the moving and traveling, but yeah, he, so he's been a part of some fortune 500 companies. He's been a part of co- like heading companies and moving, like starting them up at new headquarters. So, um, you know, so there's such a blessing in that, but he, he was gone a lot. He traveled yeah. a lot, um, you know, so, um, and as I mentioned, we've moved a lot. So, but it really, I just, again, I cried every time I I can admit that, but, um, 
But I also, like I said, there's just something about every place that we as a family fell in love with. And um, it just really taught me to not be afraid of change. Um, change just doesn't, it doesn't, you know, there's always some apprehension, but I, I'm like, let's do this, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I wonder too, because there's a certain um, time when you're a kid where it's just, it's like so out of your control. Like you just have to like roll with it regardless yes. of whether, of whether you want to or not. <laughs> and then when you're like 15, you're like, no, I have a say, but really you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'm telling you, I tried to put my foot down mm-hmm. when we were moving from Wisconsin to to um, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was Mm. like, this is ridiculous. Like, why are we moving again? And my senior year, Mm. do you care about me? And leaving my friends behind my senior year. So yes, um, I, again, but like you said, as a child under your Mm. parents' authority, what can you really do unless you really are going to make it on your own? So (laughs) to Tulsa, Oklahoma, I went. Do you ever get this sense of like you did you ever feel because I like asking people about like what city kind of raised you like do you ever feel like you didn't get that experience like oh I moved around and I don't really like I don't really have a sense of like what uh, a place I grew up in or is it just like you know that's what it was and I just got used to it or what was that like? No I definitely like I said I always felt homeless um, Mm. because so my husband had the complete opposite experience he was born in the same house or or (laughs) went home from the hospital in the same house his parents only I think it's only been two years that they just maybe a little under two years that they just moved out of the house that he was born and raised in and so I did I always felt not always felt, but at times I felt like I was missing out. I'm like, I don't have friends that I can say they've known me since I was born and we've grown <laughs> up together. And, you know, this is the neighborhood that we ran around in. Um, I will yeah. say my parents really though, every place we moved, they were very intentional about finding a neighborhood where there were a lot of kids um, our yeah. age. My mom, she said they would drive around and literally look for swing sets. So so they knew that there were other kids in the neighborhood. So they, we were in some really, really awesome neighborhoods um, Mm. with every move. But yes, I felt at times I was like, I can't say I have a true home. Mm. So Richmond is my home now. And we intend to raise our kids in Richmond. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let me ask you, and the reason why I kind of want to bring this up too is because I've been in the past like year and a half, of course, like learning more about, I think just automatically with everything that happened last year with Black Lives Matter and George Floyd's murder and all of that, um, just like educating myself more. But I want to ask you, when you moved to Tulsa, because I only learned about this like last year, did you know, were you aware about the Tulsa massacre that happened before? So at the time, um, I know, I'll just say, no, I was not. And it was until I left and I went to college. So I ended up, and I kind of want to share that too. So being at Booker T. Washington and just being surrounded by other African-American students that really were motivated to really make a difference. That's just when my, the gears in my head just really started turning and making me it just kind of changed my perspective of life that mm-hmm. they're, they're not, everybody is living this 
wonderful life that I have had the privilege of. And people that look like me really are struggling. But it was mm. after I left there that I became more socially aware. Mm. Um, so, it, and, and I don't know if you, you're aware, but they, you know, we are coming up on the, or the anniversary of all of that. And so there's just a lot of wonderful activity right now um, in the Greenwood neighborhood in the Tulsa area. And there've been mm. um, just festivals and just people celebrating, you know, we call it the Black Wall Street. So people just right. really celebrating right. the greatness of, of that city um, mm-hmm. and, you know, being exposing the realities of what really happened, you know, of the, mm. this absolute tragedy, these, these murders and, you know, that it's just um, so, but it's so wonderful to see. And now having lived there, I'm like, the people are just coming back and celebrating that challenge yeah. and turning yeah. it into a positive, but yeah. So no, my, my eyes were open after the fact, after living mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Again, I learned it from uh, something in media. There was a show called Watchmen that came out like a year and a half ago. I don't know if you've heard of it, but they actually took this. It's based on a graphic novel, like comic book. And they took that story and turned it into like basically the creator of it um, found like real research found out about the Tulsa massacre and then mm-hmm. kind of wove it into the story of Watchmen. Highly recommend. It's a great mm-hmm. show. It's the limited series, but anyway, and that was my first exposure. I didn't even know about yeah. it. So I don't know. I just wonder even like learning these things that happened too in black history and growing up, like, you know, kind of realizing all these things, like how that, what that does to your psyche too. And like, I'm sure that it's, it's hard to process too, because for me as a white male, it's just, it's oftentimes like I learn these things and I've heard this from other white people too, is that like, okay, well, what do we do that with this information? Like as white people, like, okay, yes, all these horrible as white people did all these horrible things, but like, what do we do with it? Right. So, um, I don't know. I don't know what, like, what your opinion or what you are thinking about that, but. Well, I will tell you, um, so last year was just, it was a hard year. So um, I remember, and I'll have to mention Alana again, because she definitely has been a part of my support system. We all met in her neighborhood parking lot, and there's just a couple of us ladies, white, black, um, and we sat in a circle and we just, we were just mourning the death of George Floyd and we all shared our perspective. That's honestly where I really learned about Alana's background and just some of the challenges that she experienced growing up. Um, but it was, it was just wonderful to see one of my, one of my white friends really share her experience and share the pain that she was feeling and her admitting that she can't completely empathize, but that she still feels that pain. And she, she recognizes, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that this was just wrong and and that there's so many injustices in, in our society. Um, And that just even having that core group of women and, and having my white friend admit that it was, it was healing, you know, it, it, you know, I won't say completely, but it was just, I think I needed to hear that to know that someone with a different perspective, a different experience cared, um, mm-hmm. you know, but that, ooh, that year pandemic and all of that, I <laughs> too mean, much, I right? it's like too I much know. in one year. 
so yeah. much, Taylor, yeah. in one year. It's like, how much can we take? Like, when is this going to be over? I know. But, um, I know. You. Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you the reason why I want to talk about it is, is I just think it's so important. I think there's a last year there was a moment in time where everyone was talking about it, and I think it's important to like keep the longevity of it and to continue to have conversations about yes. it, and not just like have it be like a social media moment and um, a fad. Taylor, <laughs> yes. oh, yeah. you know, you just I feel like you just in a way spoke my love language because that's what my husband and I have talked about mm -hmm. a lot of times. I mean, you know, people were posting and marching and talk and now mm -hmm. it's like, these things are still happening, you know? Right, right. And that I love that you even are saying that to know that we have to remember that this is a struggle that is real, that continues. And I love how you said we have to continue the longevity of it. Um, we cannot become complacent we cannot forget and that's right that's the struggle is is making sure people don't let that moment be forgotten you know mm -hmm. and and the empowerment that we all all races felt when we were standing up for justice together like that's what has to continue to happen yeah and it's having and it's something alana and i talked about too to to mention Alana again, um, is, is, um, <laughs> Alana's just, getting, we're just going to be talking about her the whole time. <laughs> she's, she's just getting a lot of shout outs. It's like having uh, those she's conversations with every, <laughs> like having those conversations with like everyone in your family too, even though it's, even if it's difficult, like having, like yes. I have conversations with my parents all the time and my siblings and, and, um, you know, try, I think I've been reading a lot of stuff in the past year, um, Emmanuel Acho's book Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man is 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 incredible and it's great and I mean there's lots of others too um, but yeah I think just as, as personally I think as white people it's just like educating ourselves and like trying to like have conversations with people that you know grew up differently than us and and have different experiences. And being willing to have yeah. those I, so one of the ladies that was sitting out with us that night she was saying that was never a discussion at, at their dinner table, never discussion. Mm. And even today, like it's just, you just don't talk about race relations, you know, and I so appreciated her honesty, but um, I, I just think, as you said, that's, we, we have to be, it's going to be uncomfortable, absolutely uncomfortable, yeah. but we have to be willing to have those conversations because if we don't, that, in my opinion, is when, when facts are forgotten and when, you know, when we lose um, empathy and when we mm -hmm. become desensitized to what's going on. If, right. if we're not, we don't continue the conversation. Well, it just becomes the cycle, right? It just like, it keeps getting in, like, yes. it's, it's, it's almost like when you become, you know, addicted to something, you just sit, it's, and you, if you don't talk about it with people, you become in isolation and then isolation yes. always kills, it like kills things. It, it becomes, it makes things worse. So it just, yes. you just don't I talk agree. to people about it. So yeah, that's my, that's my two cents about it. And I, I love your two cents. I'm glad you shared. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, thank you for sharing too. I want to get back to, I had a question about like 
you growing up and moving to different places, how much did you like, because you said you had siblings, like how much did you cling to your siblings too? Because it, for uh, to a certain expect, uh, aspect, like those are the, they're the only people that like could relate to what you were going through as far as like moving to a different place and finding new pe- community and stuff like that. How much did you kind of cling yes. to that those people? So it, I am so thankful. My brother is um, many years younger, but so I'm so thankful for my sister. We're about two, um, two and a half years apart mm. because I always had somebody at the school with me um, right. when, we, when we moved. Um, and I remember, and actually my sister brought it up and it, it really actually touched my heart. She brought it up years later, how we one day, this was at Booker T. Washington. We both happened to be in the bathroom at the same time. And we just hugged each other and cried. <laughs> oh we're like, goodness. we're all we have, you know? And, yeah. and it, but it was so special. And I mean, that sounds silly, like hugging your sister in the bathroom stall, you know? But um, we we were all we had at both when we didn't have any friends there. So I just really appreciated her. I couldn't imagine um, not having someone there to, you know, mm-hmm. step into this, this new chapter, you know, complete unknown. Um, so yes, I really, I felt comforted knowing at least I have my sissy there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> How much were, sure. was it as, as the oldest? Cause you said you were the oldest, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. How much of the, as the oldest, did your parents say, you know, every move, like, okay, you're the oldest, like you got to show that like, <laughs> we're gonna, you gotta be, you know, it's okay. Or, you know, you gotta show your siblings that, you know, it's okay that we're going to move. <laughs> so I will tell you, I think our, the three of us, we are the classic, like older sibling. Like I am very type A, <laughs> I'm very much a planner. Um, I, you know, I just, again, as an adult, I have learned to embrace change. So I think I've certainly grown, but growing up, I'm a rule follower. I just like to be able to map out every step Mm. of my life. My sister, middle child. So go ahead and visualize. (laughs) (laughs) She has jumped out of probably two or three planes. She has has scuba dive. I mean, she is the one she's like, nothing is scares her what is your brother like so you have a younger brother I have a younger brother and he I we love him he's rotten I mean he's a baby boy so he's the last child at which I believe you are Taylor right I am I am yes (laughs) so um yes but we just you know I think I feel like my sister was the one that was just kind of, you know, she's just the tough and strong one. And I, I just was like, okay, this is happening. So this is what I'm going to do. And it's going to be okay. And yeah. just trying to put the pieces together in my head. But my parents compartmentalize really as much as you can. Compartmentalizing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my parents are really good at just um, helping us find the good in moving and just really reassuring us that everything would be okay. And I, again, they showed us that and they, we had a lot of input in our, the house that we, you know, obviously mm. my parents are the ones paying for, but they really, <laughs> like, we got to go and tour mm. and they really let us have some buy-in as yeah. to where we wanted to live so that we would at least have that comfort of home. Well, you talk about like change and how like you've learned that, cause change as a, you know, I'm only 25. So like, I'm not that <laughs> Yes, I am like decades older than you. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I I mean, 
I, one thing that I think I've talked about it on the, on the show before that like being, uh, having, finding friends as an adult is like so weird. It's like still like, it's like a weird transition because like college is like a forced community. I've said that before. (laughs) And, and, Mm -hmm. and I obviously school growing up, like you just, and I did theater and stuff like that. So like you're automatically just with people all the time. And then, I mean, the pandemic of course kind of definitely did put a halt on making friends for a little bit, Mm -hmm. but, um, even that sense of like change like being an adult is constantly there's a lot of change and transition sometimes um yeah but what did you like when you look back on it I'm sure like what kind of things did you learn to like prepare you for like transitions or change like that those moves mm-hmm. did help you specific I know you talked about it a little bit but like what kind of specific mm-hmm. things do you kind of look at yeah so I mean one you're you're absolutely right as an adult so it's, it's, it's hard to make friends. <laughs> um, and coming to Richmond, I'll tell you, we, we kind of struggled at first because most of my, now my friends and acquaintances here in Richmond, they were born and raised in Richmond. Like, so they right. were like my husband, they had their friends like since elementary school. Um, and so we just found it hard to kind of enter some of those circles. And now, you know, we, again, Richmond is home, but I think those moves so specifically just knowing that I would be in a new environment it just really I learned one take a deep breath you know I learned um that family is so is and I don't know if I'm exactly answering your question but here's my perspective on what you're asking family is so important. Um, again, I, I can't thank my parents enough for reassuring us that everything's going to be okay. God sees this move. We recognize that this is hard for you. We recognize you're going to a new school. You're going to have to make new friends. So it just, even with me, those moves and seeing how my parents handled it has helped me to just really just be sensitive to my children and their new experiences. Um, and just really remember that in my moments of anxiety and frustration with these moves, I I had parents and siblings that supported me and that were loving. And it just helps me to do the same. Now, again, I don't plan on moving. Like I hope this house that we have right now, my kid, I hope my kids are, we are still here when they're ready to leave for college, but you know, just in their life experiences, just show them support, you know, and make it okay to say, mommy and daddy, I cannot believe you're moving us again. Um, why are you doing this? But hearing them say, it's going to be okay. Think about the last move and how you didn't want to leave after you moved, you know? So just like remembering the love and support that I, that I found and just bringing that into my family. What a, yeah. What a vital thing to look back on, especially now that you're a parent too, like how, um, yeah, how, as you say, of course, I don't know your parents, but uh, the way you talk about them, how, but what a loving environment it was. And also like yeah, how awesome. honest they were too. Like not every mm-hmm. parent will, you know, a lot of parents would just go, we're moving and that's it. And that's what we're doing. And, <laughs> and you just have to deal with it. You're just a kid. Like, it's okay. You'll make friends. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but yeah, that's so cool. And it's, it, it, 
it's something you don't think about when you're a kid, but how much it will like help you later on as an, how much it will like influence you as an adult, <laughs> like all of this. Oh, it's so true. Taylor, I'm telling you when I say I went kicking and screaming and crying and tears and, you know, like throwing things into my like, boxes that were packing or whatever, <laughs> that's what I was doing. But, you know, um, it's just so true. I had no idea when I was, you know, like, I was six when I moved the first time and then 12 or how are, you know, but now looking back, I'm like, holy moly, this really did develop me and develop character and develop strength, you know? So, you know, that, what do people say? Hindsight, you know, it's just, it's right. so true. And how powerful if we as human beings, you know, could get that on okay this is a scary situation a new situation but it really is going to be okay and you're really going to make it through like I wish I would have learned that many many years ago you know <laughs> yeah little did you know your parents just like secretly when they had you were like we're just gonna move all the time and we're just gonna move all the time she'll be it'll fine teach <laughs> <laughs> it'll teach him something <laughs> Well, I'm always fascinated in like a through line as far as like, did you ever feel like there was something you wanted to go into when you were little or and did it change as you got older? Like, what did that because for those that don't know, Courtney is a teacher now, um, which is (laughs) yes, there's a lot of teachers in my family. My sister's a teacher. My uncle's a principal. Like my mom was a teacher for a long time. So there's like teaching my blood to a certain extent. I'm not a teacher, but I was gonna say, um, Taylor, would you like to step into our realm? <laughs> um, well, I definitely I've I, I work with a lot of kids. I've worked with kids my like entire life basically, and I love working with kids. So um I think and I do mental health. So mm-hmm. um which is also super important and some and a part of absolutely your, like, like you um I which I totally want to talk about like you may double majored in psychology and yeah so I had a psychology and education degree and I specifically wanted to do psychology I mean you know that social emotional piece is so important and so I thought if well if I can understand the way children think and why they behave this way, it's going to make me a better teacher. So yes. Um, so to go back to your comment, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was my mom. And I think I've shared this on like every interview I've ever done. Um, <laughs> my mom told me when I was five years old, and I, I guess I was a confident little thing, confident slash sassy. I don't know whatever word you want to use, but she said, I put my hands on my little five-year-old hips. And I said, mommy, when I grow up, I want to be a mommy and a teacher. And here I am. (laughs) So I have always, always, always wanted to be a teacher. I played school with my dolls. um, And then I put, when my siblings came, I played school with my dolls and my siblings. They were my pupils. (laughs) They were my students. Um, So I just, I'm sure, of course they did, Taylor. You sounded sarcastic. They loved it. (laughs) Listen to their big, (laughs) the dictator, right? Um, so I just have always, always wanted to be a teacher. Like that's what I played when I was a child. I played teacher. Um, so I mentioned, I think it's a big, sure, please. Was it like, did you have teachers around you that influenced you? And that's where you were like, oh, I want to cling on to that. Or what, like, did you have teachers in your family or what was it that you at such a young age were like, that's what I want to do? Yeah. So I truly believe that like, this was my this is what God like 
purpose me to do is teaching, but I had a fabulous second grade teacher, Mr. Layman, Mr. Layman, if you're out there, I still love you. Um, and he, this is what I always remember. He had in our classroom, this big blue castle and inside this big blue castle, he had two, I mean, I can literally see it now. He had these two ficus trees with white lights on them and he had bean bags in there and books. And that was our reading nook. So when we were done working, we could go and read in there. Mm -hmm. And literally up until um, last year, I always have had a ficus tree with white lights in there because it just created this beautiful ambiance. So Mr. Layman truly had an impact on me. And he always told me, um, you're a reader, you are a reader. Um, and I love that. And then my seventh grade teacher, Miss um, Miss. Miss Chang, <laughs> Miss Chang, she was from Boston. She had this awesome Boston accent, but she always told me that I was a writer. And I still like, I have this portfolio we had to make it in your still have a letter she wrote me and I got an A plus. Um, and she said that you write with the voice and um, you captivate your audience. And she is what just encouraged me, Mr. Layman and Miss Chang just had such a wonderful influence in me and really just made me believe that I'm a good writer. I'm a good reader, a good speaker. And I just, so I'm like, I'm going to be that for my students, that encourager, you know, that reassuring voice. So I love that you asked that question. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then my, prof I got to share one more, my professor in college, um, I was also, I had a minor in leadership studies, um, and General Simmons, I just love that woman. She just spoke life into me. She encouraged me. And she, she now she was an ex, like retired general in the army. Um, so she did not play any games. She was very strict, very hard on us, um, would send you back after you'd done like a 20 page paper and say, do it again until it was right, you know. But she is the one that I think taught me to truly have high expectations for myself. Which now as a teacher, I make sure I have high expectations for my, my students. And as at Imago Day, as we are bringing in, building our team, I have high expectations for who, who we're hiring and bringing on to our team. So yes, yeah, so I love that question. Absolutely I had fabulous teachers growing up that really influenced me. Let me ask you, when you were five and you said, I want to be a teacher, was your, were your parents <laughs> like, okay, sure, like whatever? Or were they like, <laughs> yes you get like did they not that your parents wouldn't have built you up but like you know were, were they like okay sure Courtney you can be whatever you want but okay you're five like you don't really know you're five you don't know <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> they were they were supportive but I'll tell you so to my father if you are listening or if you do end up listening I will admit he my dad always told me and I did not listen. This is one time I put my foot down. He said, you need to take some business courses. Of course, again, he's this big businessman. And he said, take some business courses because you don't know if you will always want to be a teacher. And I said, absolutely not. I'm going to be buried as a teacher, an elementary teacher. There's no point in me wasting money and time on business courses when I, I know I want to be a teacher. So again, hindsight, I told you this, these last couple years, I've really just been on this journey of um, really reevaluating. I know my gifting is in, is in teaching and, but 
teacher burnout is real. And I've been in the public education system for uh, 14 years and that burnout, woo, it, it's, it's real Taylor. Um, and I'm sure with some educators in your family, I'm sure you've heard some, I'm sure people have vented to you at times. <laughs> well, just this past year, even my sister's third grade teacher and even just COVID this COVID. Oh God bless her third grade too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, it's crazy. And so I do, there was a moment where I was like, man, see, when I was considering just doing something different altogether, just because of the frustration I was feeling in the last couple of years, I was like, I should have listened to my dad. Then I would have, this would have been so much easier finding a different job, starting a new career path. Um, but again, I'm telling you, it feels so great because I know absolutely without a shadow of a doubt, I am where I'm supposed to be with Imago Day. And it just, it feels so good. So I, you know, um, yeah, there, there was a moment in the recent past that I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. The system, you know, um, but no, this is, I know my gifting is in teaching and building these connections and encouraging others. Um, so um, I'm just thankful that now I'm in a space where I really can do that. Um, and it's just exciting. What, let me ask you, what kind of gets you through those moments of like, of imposter syndrome almost maybe, I don't know if you've ever felt that, but yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> what gets you through those, those tough moments of burnout or whatever? Um, so again, I'm not, I think any teacher that is willing to be vulnerable will admit there have been many a tear, <laughs> many tears. Um, and, um, but again, truly, truly my, my, my faith is, is what has carried me and remembering, you know, you hear people say, remember your why, but again, I, God has truly been my sustainer and, um, has helped me to remember that I, I really am as with other teachers that are really pouring out their hearts where we are making a difference. You know, it might not be, you know, we might be underpaid, underappreciated at times, um, you know, micromanaged at times. <laughs> I'll stop there. But um, when your heart is there and when you truly care about the people that you're working with, it, it just makes a difference and it helps um, carry you through. Um, but uh, woo, Taylor, there have been moments that I'm like, oh my goodness, I want to walk out of the door and never come back. Right. <laughs> Sorry to all my former bosses that are hearing this, but it's, it, they know um, it's yeah. education is not for yeah. the faint of heart. And um, I'm just so thankful for, I've been in great schools. I've had great leadership and I'm just thankful for those experiences and thankful that I was able to hang in there. Yeah. <laughs> God's yeah. grace for sure. Today, still, still yes. It's great. Well, let me ask you, because of course I'm psychology major, so I'm also always fascinated in psychology, you know, the mind of people. And, um, mm -hmm. but how do you, because you double majored, how do you feel like you use that psychology study, like on a day-to-day -day in your classroom? Like, do you feel like mm -hmm. you use it still on a day-to-day? -day? Um. I think I was, well, it, it does make sense. I think I was more, I felt like everything I read in the textbook and remembering what's developmentally appropriate, I really was considered like just very mindful of that. And then, you know, I started just trying to keep my nose above water. So I kind of just like, whatever I can do, you know, not being intentional. 
But most recently, so I actually just um, finished a certification for positive psychology. So um, basically it's using principles of psychology um, within the classroom, um, just to really help um, students build academic tenacity and help, really help them flourish in the classroom um, and as people in, as a whole. And so now I'm really excited to kind of bring in some of those principles. Um, so it gets to answer your question. Yes, my first couple years, um, then I kind of not so much. And now I'm really excited to bring these principles in. And, you know, it's, it's really about, um, you know, it reminds you of the importance of movement and just how moving really gets your bl blood, you know, flowing and all the areas of your brain um, connecting. So um, yeah, so that is the plan to use this, um, this course to really um, help our, the students that will be coming into our doors uh, fall. Yeah, so exciting, so awesome. We're gonna get to Imago Day. I hope you know. Uh, yeah, sorry, it. it is like my world. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I love it. So awesome. Uh, well, I do. I like asking, you know, teachers that have worked in education for a long time as you have, like what I'm always fascinated, like what kind of differences in like the children have you seen at like, students mm -hmm. in like the first year you started versus now? Like, are there big differences in like, like generally generationally yes. or like what have you seen that has like changes and stuff because I'm always just fascinated by it yeah oh Taylor um yes I I how do I say this lovingly <laughs> it we as teachers are struggling with um helping students build um just really learn to to um recognize challenges and be willing to work in challenging situations. Um, we, so I talk about that academic tenacity. So really as, you know, starting in 2007 as a first year teacher up until now, it's just um, students have lost, not all students in general, um, it, it have lost that intrinsic motivation. And again, that is not, I am not speaking that over everyone, but that is just the change that I've seen. I don't know if it's because of technology and kids are on technology more. And so they don't, you know, it's just giving them that, I don't know why I can't think of the word, word that I want to really use, but um, we're just trying to teach them that there are going to be hard things, but you can do hard things and you, and, and really helping them build that intrinsic motivation. But it's also hard when a lot of times we're, it's, it's everything's so data focused and it's about tests, tests instead of just right. learning, learn for the sake of learning, you know? Um, and so I think that that is the biggest change that I've seen is it, just curiosity. It's just, Sadly, it's you just don't see that natural curiosity as much, you know. Um, again, I truly believe it's because we're just so heavily focused on data. But that is my two cents. I, you know, I know people have different opinions, um, but yeah. But that's our job as teachers is to keep them curious and to keep them learning and do our best to keep them, you know, to encourage them to love learning, you know. So. Well, what ways have you found personally, like, to kind of help? kids be more you know curious or or yeah or thing like that like what kind of 
things have you found maybe some things not to do or things or what some mm-hmm. things of what what to do you know in this because it's only gonna get yeah. with technology it's only gonna get worse right <laughs> like, yeah it is i'm trying to be optimistic but you're right <laughs> I'm, I'm, um, I mean so in like my... the best sense because technology can help us yes. in like in like such a great, absolutely like, this would not be possible if we did not have technology what we're doing right now absolutely but, but it also and it's not just technology like you were saying it's testing and it's it's other things too but um yeah yeah what what type of things have you seen you know for yourself so my morning meeting is my precious precious time i don't care what grade level i've taught i have a morning meeting and that's the time that we we are building relationships so we get to know each other we we practice talking to one another because again you're right technology is an absolute it's a necessity it's a blessing like um but i think it has also or it also at times hinders us and we know relationships with people that's so key and you know through the pandemic and as we're you know we have this awesome technology we sometimes lose that people to people connection and so i utilize my morning meeting to just help build connection and establish relationships. So we are, you know, we have a share time where the kids can just share whatever you want. Sometimes I have specific topics. Sometimes I just let them gab, (laughs) you know, Um, but when they are doing that share time, here are my um, must do's. You must look at the speaker, must look the speaker in their eyes and um, you, you must, and we'll, we'll do this and, you know, throughout the week, but you must, give a response, a thoughtful response. And it's just so important to, again, building that those people skills and building, um, you know, honestly, it helps with emotional intelligence and just learning to connect and empathize and understand the perspective of others. Um, so morning meeting is just a precious time um, that I have found to help establish that rapport, get the kids ready, ready for the day. Um, and I haven't always done a closing meeting, but I've presented that to, um, here's Imago Dagan, sorry. I presented that to our executive director just um, as a part of our day across the grade levels to have that morning meeting and closing meeting time um, just to build those people skills. It's so important. So I found that so helpful. Well, and you never know like what a kid is, what's going on at home and like how they're feeling when they come through the door, because I've worked in a school setting before I've worked as a therapeutic day treatment counselor. I'm not sure if you've heard of that. Oh, wow. Um, and which is basically like a school counselor, but I don't get paid as much mm-hmm. as a school counselor. And, and um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I've saw I, arguably when the kids come through the door in the morning and when they leave uh, at the end of the day are like the two most important times because it's like how they come in and how they're feeling and then when they leave how they feel like when they're because when you send them home like they're going home to their parents so how they or families or whatever so how they're feeling when they leave is you know it can be uh, whatever they whatever they're whatever's gone through that entire day can affect them how they go home absolutely yeah taylor you're wise beyond your years (laughs) (laughs) but it's so true and it's you know we talk about it in the classroom but People in general, people need to know that they are heard, that they are loved. Um, and, you know, that's why I love 
teaching because so many kids come through my doors and that morning meeting time. And as you said, that closing meeting time is so important to setting the tone of the day and just making sure kids know that, that they are valued, you know, that is, and that's how I utilize that time. Because when you feel valued, when you feel cared for, then you're, you're willing to, to work hard and you're willing to, that trust is developed. And it's so important that, that trust um, between you know, teacher and student and, and peers um, to just really help set you up for success. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to ask, what do you love about the age range of elementary school kids? I mean, we talked a little bit about how they're very like malleable and they're sponges basically. As they well are. are. <laughs> but like, um, what, have you ever thought about like going to high school or middle school? I mean, yeah. I don't think I would ever do it. No, never. <laughs> Easy <laughs> answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I, um, uh, that pre pre-K through even sixth grade I've considered, um, is that's definitely my niche, but, um, I love, I love the young learners just because again, it, it's sad, but at some point kids seem to just not be as excited about learning. So I love the elementary years because they love coming to school. Like they like their teacher. They think I'm the prettiest person on the planet. Like, and I can do no wrong. So <laughs> although they will tell you, like, I, I remember one sweet girl in my kindergartner. Um, one day she's like, Miss Green, I just love your hair. You just look so beautiful. And then I changed it up and she's like, you should go back to your other hairstyle. I mean, flat out. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but I love that they really thinking, right? Oh, like, they really do. Yeah. They really do. <laughs> and I'm sure you so, um, as a mom too, like your kids. Yeah. Are- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you, do you, I've asked this of a couple of teachers. Does, do you think being a parent, like, automatically makes you a better teacher like I know I, I've heard teach other teachers say like I don't think you have to be a parent like to be a good teacher you don't have to be a parent um, but what is it what did it do for you that it helped you kind of may, maybe helped you um, in your classroom yeah. so I'll agree you don't have to be a parent to be a phenomenal teacher but um, my my professional mentor he um he also was my first um, principal. He told me to love your student. When I became a parent, he said, treat your students, be that teacher, love your, the students as if they were your own child. And ever since he said that to me, it made a world of a difference. So when I have, because lo- <laughs> I've had some really challenging classes where, again, I'm like, I really have to come back to this tomorrow. Um, But when I think about what he said to me is just how would you want a teacher to treat your child that has stuck with me. And I think that has made me a better teacher because it allows me to push through those moments. Cause I've, I've had chairs thrown. I've had, you know, like I've had kids hit me and scratch me. Um, But in those moments, how, if this was my child, which please Lord, never let my children do this to their teacher. But if, <laughs> like, how would I want that teacher to handle it? And so I think for me, it has made me a better. Teacher. That's awesome. That's awesome. 
Uh, well, let's transition to talk about Imago Day. We've kind of you know, skirted <laughs> a little bit. Um, well, tell first of all, tell people what Imago Day is, and also <laughs> because I'm sure there's, I mean, I'm sure there are people that know what it is that are listening to this, but I'm sure they're yeah. like I didn't know what it is was for a long time, and then I saw, you know obviously researching into it and stuff i just think it's such a cool idea and talking again with alana about it but tell me about like that and also like how you came on board and what your experience is about like being with the the group so far yes um so imago day uh, imago day means Im- image of god and at our school we truly truly believe that every every individual bears god's image and we seek to ensure that our families, our students know that. Um, so we are just really committed to um, bringing, bringing learning to life. And when we say that we are bringing learning to life, we, you know, we're talking about academic excellence. So, you know, we are working on finding the best curriculum for, for our students. We're considering, you know, racial and economic diversity, um, which I'm, I'm so excited about. I mean, we just have, you know, kind of sounds silly, but all colors of the rainbow. It's just, um, it's just beautiful bringing so many different cultures and families together. Um, our school really believes in partnering with our families um, and really working together to make sure our students um, are finding success. And we want everyone that is a part of our community to be lifelong learners. So I love, it sounds like that you are, you're reading some different books just to educate yourself, empower yourself. You know, we kind of um, want as a community that we are always um, learning regardless of the topic. And um, our school really works on partnering with the community. So that we can um, build um, really well-established relationships. So yeah, so Imago Day, it's, I'm, I'm just excited. We're in the north side of Richmond, um, serving some other families as well. But um, you know, our bottom line, we want every child to know that they're loved and that they can get to God. So tell me about like, how did you come on board? Like, what was your introduction to it and also because you guys are starting your first class in the fall right we are we are so exciting um I know and it's crazy because so I've been I've been homeschooling this year so I've been out of the public school system for just this year and it felt so I was like oh my gosh like school is so far away but I'm like oh my gosh like we're gonna be starting a new school in a couple months like it's coming it's happening (laughs) But um, year, 2020, 2020, 2020, I feel like. it has flown by. Like, how did this happen? And maybe, maybe that's a blessing because of all that's been going on. <laughs> but I um, feel like last year dragged on, and we, because we were stuck inside, and then this mm-hmm. year came, and it was like, boom, we're in June now. <laughs> and it's June. It's almost mid June. <laughs> um, but to answer your question, so. Uh, seriously, if we should be dropping like dollars every time we say Alana's name, but, <laughs> um, but Alana serves as, <laughs> she serves as our um, community liaison. Um, and um, yeah, she, she just told me about this awesome school that was starting and she literally just sent me a flyer and that's it. Um, or a newsletter and, and left it at that. 
And um, I just looked at it, prayed at it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is a school where I truly can be true to myself as a mom, as a teacher, as a professional, um, to really be able to nourish the whole child. Um, and I think that's, that's why when I mentioned that, that struggle, um, um, that burnout, I think because I finally realized like I really, the reason I love teaching, it's not that I don't love teaching, but I wasn't being true to my belief, my philosophy of education, which is to truly teach the whole child, body, mind, soul. So to meet academic needs, emotional needs, social needs, physical needs. And here at this beautiful school that um, God is building, um, we're doing that. Like we are going to, you know, meet the needs of our students academically and socially and emotionally and physically and spiritually. And that just makes my heart sing. So I'm um, just so excited for, you know, that a little, you know, whisper was put in my ear um, and that I um, was able to pursue this. So I assume, uh, so on the website, it says you're lead teacher. I'm not really sure what that entitles, but it sounds <laughs> like it's a big deal. But I assume you are also in kind of, uh, you play a part in like what teachers hi get hired and yes. how you, well, let me ask, and I'm sure you guys have already hired all your teachers for the fall but what do you look when you're like looking to hire someone like what do you look for in a person what do you like look for in a teacher that that you're bringing on to the to the team there right so we number one we are looking for someone that we we know we can we know they believe in our, our vision and our mission. So our vision of having a diverse community of learners, you know, our mission of just holistic education and, and um, welcoming um, families of all different ethnicities, all different income levels. So someone that sees that diversity as beauty, someone that, that um, values diversity, diversity of, of um, again, of ethnicity, diversity perspective. Um, and so that missional fit, um, that, that is so, so key for us. Um, and um, yes, as lead teachers, so it's, it's just, it's a great little com combo of, um, you know, leader, leadership, and classroom responsibilities. So I'll still teach second grade, my first love, that's the plan now, but also just really helping the teachers. Um, just, you know, I'm taking on some supervisory roles, um, helping teachers really um, with implementing best practices and the new curriculum that we are selecting. So I'm just really grateful for that opportunity. So what have you learned so far in the sense of like, this like starting a new like a brand new school I mean there's a lot that goes into that I'm sure like what have Ooh, you learned yes. <laughs> so far and like that you didn't know beforehand have you yeah. like brought in some new things in your in your brain learned some things that you're like wow this was not what I expected <laughs> or this is like crazy or what 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 is that yeah about? well this is this is my first time um selecting curriculum so that has been just a um big eye-opener because there's so much curriculum out there um and there so I've just I've learned so much about well, what makes a particular curriculum a strong program and how do you determine if it's truly meeting the needs of our students you know with the backgrounds that our students have and um you know our 
our racial makeup, our, you know, the um, income level. So how, how does this, how is this curriculum going to support the needs of our particular community? And so it's been, it's been intense, but I, but I am loving it um, just to, you know, cause we're very care being very, very careful at the curriculum we're selecting. So it's been a long, slow process, um, but you know, we, we want only the best for our students. And, and, and I think we, we are finding that. So it's been um, a very exciting new challenge. <laughs> well, I'm sure with all the options, there's like a lot of good and bad yes. <laughs> of, of things. So it's, yes. it's hard to probably go through all of it and just see. That's what makes it intense. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, not that. Then I'm like, well, so it's well, just a sure lot of, of them, there's like eight good things in one thing, but then two not good things. And you're like, yes, what? I don't understand. And that's been the challenge, Taylor. You hit the nail on the head. I'm like, well, this is awesome. But then not so much. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but we're, we're getting there. And like you said, like we were talking about earlier too, like kids are so um, it's, they're sponges in a good way, but also like if you teach them like different things or not you know if it's if it's not good for that specific person too like uh obviously you have to adapt to how the kid learns too but yes. like mm-hmm. you you also I'm sure that is a challenge like finding something that can work for all children not just like one not, you know one type of learner yes <laughs> and, um, yeah I'm sure that's and not knowing exactly who is coming through your doors and how they're yes so that that certainly is a challenge and that's where you know because we, we gotta pick something and we will figure it out as we you know as those challenges arise but yes that is definitely a consideration you know how do we meet the needs of as we're saying these diverse learners how do we do that you know and and um you know we but we are we are finding our way and we're selecting um teachers that really, you know, have the skills and have the passion and, and again, believe in our mission and vision. So yeah. we're excited. So forgive me, is it K through five right now or? So we will serve pre-K through second grade. And then the plan is to add one additional grade level up through 12th grade. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I assumed the, the goal eventually would be K through 12 or pre-K through 12 but I know yes, I'm sure yes. right at first it's, it's yeah kind of getting you know getting your feet wet a little bit and doing you know kind of yep we're just <laughs> woo there's a lot but we're doing it and we we have such a wonderful team and everyone's working hard and um it, it's just so wonderful to see um everybody coming together just to yeah. build a Mago day up and get us off the ground <laughs> I'll come back at you in five years and we'll check back in and we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it's <laughs> Yes, please do. <laughs> yeah. I'd love that. Well, um, lastly, as we end here, I always like to ask people, like from your experience, like what advice would you give to new teachers that are start either starting out this year or even maybe even if it's like advice about like a difficult classroom, like how you get through that or I don't know, just like, I, I always like to ask people because, you know, if you say something that clicks with someone, then they can take it on and use it themselves. So what, yeah. what, what kind of, what does that look like yeah. for you? Um, I, when I started teaching, I truly had rainbow glasses on just, just ro- roses, nothing will go wrong. This is just the perfect job. And I was meant to do this. So I think for teachers going into the field, um, and no negativity in this sense, but just 
go into the field with eyes wide open, knowing that challenges will come and that's okay. That is part of, that's just part of life period, but I'm part of, part of teaching. So eyes wide open and then remember the value of relationships. Um, It sounds so corny. You know, we talk about when you're buying a vacation home or going on vacation, location, 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 but with Mm -hmm. teaching, it is so relationship, relationship, relationship. You have to, whatever you do, remember to establish rapport with, with your families, with your students, um, and let that be a number one focus. Because if you, if you don't have a relationship with your kids and they don't trust you and aren't connecting, it's just, it's an uphill battle. So just remember the importance of building relationships. So I always, I don't care what grade level, I will always be an advocate for a morning meeting and having that time of connection. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And what are like, you know, as as you and I are Christians, like what we're, we believe that we're meant to be in community too. So like, um, and I think I I would argue a lot of people probably feel that way. Like we're meant to, whether you're, you know, Christian or religious or not, like you're meant to be with people. I think if this pandemic has told us anything, it's that we're meant to be with other human beings in a space. Mm-hmm. and and not be by I ourselves agree. um so yeah and that kind of goes toward um educating too like yeah being in learning about your kids learning what how they tick learning how they learn yes. um and all of that and getting to know the parents even if they're difficult like all of those mm-hmm. things so yeah yep. I love that love it I love it well, all of my listeners know that at the end of the show, I do ask two questions to each guest. And the first one, Courtney, as you know, of course, since you've listened before, is if I could hand you a blank check someday, not right now, unfortunately, but I could- <laughs> One day you might. <laughs> maybe. My wife's going to be a doctor, so who knows? Yes. <laughs> um, if I was able to hand you a blank check and say, use this towards your passion, how would you use that? Yes. So I think after the shock of being (laughs) handed over a blank check um, (laughs) and after showing, expressing my complete gratitude, um, and I know I have mentioned Imago Day so much, I just so believe in Mm -hmm. in this school and what we are Mm -hmm. trying to do. So honestly, I would, I would hand that check over to, to our team. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, I, I think the education system, there's, there's just so much need for reform that I still in my heart, I am believing that we, um, we can, we can get there, but to have a blank check and to be able to give access to families that want it, who want this kind of holistic Christian education, you know, where they're going to be nurtured emotionally and, and socially and ethically and academically to be able to grant that whoever wants to be a part of that would just, I always say it warms my heart, but it, it really would. So I'd love to not, you know, we're a nonprofit to not have to worry about where are the funds coming from and how are we going to do this, but to be able to do what we know we need to do and to be able again, to just give access to, children to this what I think is going to be a just beautiful experience Mm, that's awesome I love it I love it hopefully I'll be able to do that one day (laughs) yes please Uh, I I will be waiting (laughs) 
Well, you're episode 53, so I have 53, you know, blank checks to give to people. So. <laughs> you know. make sure your wife is working hard <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, uh, and secondly of course as people know I like to ask I like to end the show on a little bit of a fun positive note not that this hasn't been positive yeah. but um, <laughs> what is um, something that you're loving right now and it can be multiple yeah. things it can be literally I, I yeah. just asking people what they're what they're loving yeah so um, I think for me two things I promise this will be the last time I mentioned Mago Day, <laughs> but I, I truly am, Taylor. I'm so excited about being a part of this um, new community and this, this new role as lead teacher. Um, like I mentioned, it's just such a perfect um, combination of, of leadership skills, um, your leadership responsibilities, classroom responsibilities, because I love teaching the babies. Um, and um, I, I'm just grateful for the opportunity. So that, I'm just excited about that. And then I didn't think I would still be, again, homeschooling. I didn't think I would be as excited as, as I normally am um, with summer break. I'm excited. I'm on summer break. So. <laughs> like, I am just, there is nothing like summer, summer break after a a long year of teaching. It just yeah. feels good to be able to say that I'm on summer break. <laughs> well, and this Virginia oh. heat, I'm sure you know, like it's, I don't know. Oh I'm my little, gosh. I'm a little <laughs> over it, I gotta say. Like it, we're only in like, you know, halfway through June and I'm already like, I'm, I'm over the heat. But you know, this Virginia weather, you know, one day we have a blizzard and then it's like a monsoon and then we are dying of like heat stroke. So you yeah, just yeah. never know. Just never know. I know. I'm born and raised in Virginia and I've lived here my whole life and I'm still like, mm -hmm. what? I don't even understand. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> the memes on Facebook for Virginia weather are hilarious. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like, honestly, just all waiting of to see what it's going to be. Memes, like, were just incredible. Like, if, if they were anything, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. If we, if we got anything out of being stuck inside, it's that we got some great memes. We got great memes. I agree. <laughs> um, I also answer this question, which I'm sure you know. And uh, yes. I'm going to say, well, right now, I, I, uh, my wife and I are watch rewatch, or she's watching for the first time. I'm rewatching this show called Lost. I don't know if you've ever watched it or, or heard of it. Lost. I, I haven't watched it, but know what yes. you're talking about. <laughs> yes. Highly recommend. Um, All right. It is, I actually watched it. So I think it premiered in 2004 and it ended in 2010. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, very young. I was, I was like, you know, 10 years old or something when it first came on and, um, or 12 or something like that. And so I remember like bits and pieces of it. I watched it when it was on my family and I would watch it. We watched it when it finished and, but it's been, you know, it ended like 10 or 11 years ago and now going back to it, I'm like, man, this show is really good. Like, I'm like, I know I liked this show, but I really, like, it's, it's so good. And it actually deals with a lot of um, interesting spiritual questions too, which I think is always, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's um, interesting, of course, to talk about. And it's, it, it's about this, you know, plane that crashes on an island and, it, and it's an international mm -hmm. flight. So there's a lot of, um, just different types of stories that we learn about too from all over the world not just america um it's just so good the writing's so good and i highly recommend it's on hulu if you have it um and awesome. i think it's on amazon prime too i'm not sure 
but uh yeah so that's what i'm loving right now we're we're like watching my wife was sick last weekend unfortunately we literally like binged the first season like we finished the whole first season don't say unfortunately sometimes you got to do that it's okay (laughs) (laughs) my husband and i watched what was the series we were watching on netflix i think we finished it literally like in a day maybe two days (laughs) it's okay you got to do that sometimes and you're with your wife so yeah Yeah. no absolutely so that's what i'm loving right now awesome Um, yeah and like you said like summer and trips hopefully travel is hopefully going to be something that we'll do more this summer because last summer we couldn't so yeah um, all these things that are so exciting so exciting Uh, yeah 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 well Courtney thank you so much for being on the show thank you Taylor this was great (laughs) Yeah. yeah it was so great getting to know you and I hope we can someday meet in person yes absolutely absolutely well I really appreciate it and do check in on me in a couple years and see if I'm still holding strong of course (laughs) and I know even um you know Brianna Jimenez too yes uh uh-huh yes I've known yes she is going to be part of our team years and years I've known her for like like since I was like seven so wow small world I love it small beautiful world crazy so i'm sure i'll keep up with you guys <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure yay thank yeah. you so much taylor this has been such a wonderful time mm-hmm. thank you and of course you guys know follow us on social media passionproject.pod facebook twitter and instagram and like and comment and subscribe all that and um share this episode if you enjoyed it go back listen to some other ones i would greatly appreciate it and thank you so much again Yeah, thank you. We will see you guys next time.